In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. way to read the Gospel of St. John is to read it as a series of variations on a single theme, the theme that is announced in the prologue, the mystery of the Incarnation. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Throughout his Gospel, John displays this plays on this one theme, exploring its depths and displaying its beauty and its joy. He does this by choosing a select few of Jesus' actions and words to dwell on and explore at length. So, for example, St. John chooses only seven of Jesus' many miracles to highlight, saying that Jesus had did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. And the same principle of selection applies also to the words of Jesus that John chooses to highlight, which allows John to give more space to Christ's words, to give longer discourses of Jesus than are found in the other Gospels. Now, among the words of Jesus that John selects are seven I am statements. They're called that because Jesus says, I am such and such. Each of them carry great weight theologically because the Lord revealed himself to Israel as I am. On Mount Sinai, when Moses asks him his name, the Lord says, I am that I am. And he says, tell them, I am has sent you. So each of these seven I am statements in John reveal an aspect of the mystery of the incarnation, of God in Christ. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And finally, I am the true vine. Which brings us back to our gospel lesson today from John 15. I am the vine, Jesus says. And again, I am the vine, ye are the branches. And I want to ask this morning, what do these words reveal about the word become flesh. First and foremost, when Christ says, I am the vine, he reveals himself as the mediator, the mediator between God and man. The scripture says there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Christ, who is the God-man, fully God and fully human. The figure of the vine highlights Christ's assumption of human nature, his taking on our 
humanity, and also the union that believers have with him. Christ, as the vine, unites us to himself and through him to the very life of God. There's a lot to unpack there, so let's look a little bit more closely at the passage. Jesus begins by saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, that is, the gardener. In saying this, Jesus draws on and transforms a common figure of speech in the Old Testament for the relation of the people of Israel to God. Israel is like a vine or a vineyard, which the Lord plants and tends. And the prophets use this image of Israel as a vine primarily in the context of announcing God's judgment on Israel. So Isaiah chapter 5 speaks of Israel as a vineyard which the Lord has planted in fertile ground. The prophet says he digged it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. And he built a watchtower in it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. It didn't yield the expected fruit. And a few verses later, in a passage alluded to in our Good Friday liturgy, the Lord says, What more was there to do for me, for me to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And again, he says, The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed, and for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Instead of the good fruit of justice and righteousness, Israel has yielded the strange fruit of injustice and oppression. And in consequence, the Lord announces judgment on Israel, judgment that fell on them in the form of the exile. Then later in the time of the exile, one of the psalmists in Psalm 80 takes up this image of Israel as a vine, now wasted and ravaged, and uses this to lament and to cry out to the Lord for restoration. He says, turn again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see, have regard for this vine, the stalk which thy right hand planted. They have burned it with fire, and they have cut it down. But let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, the son of man whom thou hast made strong for thyself. Then will we never turn back from thee. Give us life, and we will call upon thy name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let thy face shine, that we may be saved. All of this comes to bear when Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Jesus, in other words, is identifying himself with Israel. In his obedient life, he does what Israel could not do, bearing good fruit. In his death, he takes on the fate of unfruitful Israel to restore and to save his people. And his resurrection shows him to be the answer to the psalmist's prayer. In him, the Lord God of hosts shows his regard for his vine. 
his face shines on the Son of Man in raising him from the dead. In Christ the vine, the love of God is made manifest. In him, we see the tender love of God, the vine dresser for his people, and we see the fruitful love of the incarnate Son of God. In short, in these words, the gospel in miniature shines forth, the good news of Jesus Christ, who comes as the mediator between God and men. I am the vine, Jesus says, ye are the branches. These words declare a further theme of this passage, the union that believers have with Christ Jesus, the mutual indwelling. He dwells in us and we in him. These words, Jesus declares what St. Augustine calls the grace of the mediator. Augustine says, although human nature does not belong to God's nature, human nature does indeed belong to the person of the only begotten Son of God by grace. And this grace is so great that there is none greater. In fact, nothing even comes close to equaling it. There were no benefits that preceded his assumption of humanity, but from that assumption, all benefits began. All the benefits that we have in Christ Jesus, all the promises that we have in him, follow from his taking on our nature, from the Lord of all, uniting himself to us, his creatures. I am the vine, Jesus says, Ye are the branches. Jesus has become the source of our life. For in him we are united to the one with whom is the well of life. To the one who, as Paul says to the Athenians, gives to all life and breath and all things. He is the vine. We are the branches. Through him we are rooted in the very life of the living God. And it's only through union with him, by sharing in his life, that we have life that is worthy of the name, what John calls eternal life. Only through union with him are we able to bear any fruit, to do any good. Abide in me and I in you, he says. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. For without me, ye can do nothing. Everything, that is, depends on our union with Christ Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But by his grace, by this grace of the mediator, we share in his life and in his fruitfulness. In him, we have been placed in the place where we belong. We have come home. We have been given everything we need. Indeed, more than we can ask or imagine or desire. Because in Christ, we have been made with one, with God. I'm stretching for words to try to show you that the whole tenor of this passage is one of joy 
of rejoicing in the grace of the mediator. To be sure, there are notes of judgment here, especially in verse 6, with its sobering indication of the consequences of not abiding in Christ. But notwithstanding this, the dominant theme is the grace of our Lord Jesus, the grace of the mediator coming to reconcile us to God, uniting us to himself in his Son. In other words, the text emphasizes the loving initiative of God. It's all about grace. Listen to what our Lord goes on to say in the verses that follow our passage. In verse 9, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And again he says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. All the emphasis here is on the all-proceeding love of Christ our Lord who loved us and gave himself for us, that we might share in his unending life of love and joy. And this is true even and perhaps especially when he gives us commandments. He says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another. And he goes on immediately to say, as I have loved you. Our love always follows his love. Our love is always in response to the love of Christ. As John says elsewhere, we love because he first loved us. And this idea is most clear later on in verse 16, when Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Listen again to what St. Augustine has to say about this passage. Brothers and sisters, he writes, notice how he does not choose the good, but makes those whom he has chosen good. He says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. It follows that we had no fruit which caused him to choose us. He said that you should go and bear fruit. We go for the purpose of bearing fruit. And he himself is the way by which we should go. In every way, then, his mercy precedes us. I love that last phrase. In every way, his mercy precedes us. It's hard to think of a better summary of the good news of the incarnation, of the grace of the mediator, of Christ Jesus coming to us to reconcile us to God, the vine who unites us to himself, that we might evermore dwell in him and he in us. I am the vine, he says, ye are the branches. In every way, his mercy precedes us. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.